Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to talk SEC men's basketball tournament. I'm going to talk about it with Mark Story, my friend, colleague, and fellow sports columnist with the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Kentucky wrapped up the regular season with a 92-64 win over South Carolina yesterday at Rupp Arena. We're, we're Recording this podcast on Sunday, uh, March the 7th, 2021. The SEC tournament starts on Wednesday down in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. Kentucky will play on Thursday. Mark and I talked about uh, the game, the win over South Carolina, and we looked ahead to the tournament about Kentucky's chances, what they need to do to do down in Nashville. We know what they need to do. They need to win four games in four days to be able to make it to the uh, NCAA tournament. That's our only chance of getting into the tournament after finishing the regular season at 9-15. and 15. Also, Mark and I talked about Morehead State, who is already in the tournament. Morehead won the OVC championship last night by beating Belmont in the OVC tournament finals in Evansville. Congratulations to, Spread- to Preston Spradlin and all of the Eagles. Uh, Mark and I talked about Morehead, their season, and their big win in the OVC tournament. Uh, We also talked about some of the in-state freshmen uh, this year. We talked about Northern Kentucky, and we also talked about Louisville as they get ready to start the ACC tournament. After that, you will hear John Calipari's press conference from Saturday after the South Carolina game. He talks about the win, and he also looks ahead to Nashville. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. My conversation with Mark Story of the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest on the podcast is my friend, colleague, fellow Herald leader at Kentucky.com sports columnist, Mark Story. How's it going, Mark? It's going great, John. Uh, Kentucky wrapped up the regular season, uh, its regular season yesterday with a 28-point win over South Carolina. Now they look ahead to the SEC tournament, which, as we all know, is their last chance of getting into the NCAA tournament. They've got to win four games in four days in Nashville to do it. Uh, first, the game uh, yesterday. We're taping this on Sunday. What were your impressions of Kentucky uh, on Saturday? Well, I was happy for the players that they got to um, just kind of have a, that positive experience, a happy 
you know, a game where they played well and wasn't, it didn't go down to the wire and they just got to leave Rupp Arena with a positive taste in their mouths. And, and like um, everybody else, I very much enjoyed the uh, Davion Mintz homage to Tayshawn Prince. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hitting the three pointers, uh, several there in a row there in the second half. He had the hot hand, uh, that's for sure. And he did. He did look like Tayshawn from years ago in that North Carolina, in the North Carolina game. Of course, South Carolina struggled a year, so you have to take in consideration the, uh, uh, who they were, pl- who Kentucky was playing against. But yeah, it was good to see him. They looked like they had fun yesterday. And I guess if you were looking for a game for a proper send off to go to Nashville, that was, that was, that was pretty much what the doctor ordered, I would think. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Jimmy Dykes actually said that, you know, on the broadcast, and I, I think that is correct. I mean, I think they needed to just, you know, have any reason to feel good going into the SEC tournament, having lost their, their prior two games. They needed, you know, just to, just to, you know, just really take it to South Carolina, and they did. And as you point out, South Carolina is a bad team. and They're also a bad team that, you know, plays really fast, and if – other than maybe Alabama and Arkansas, who are good and play that way anyway, if anybody runs with Kentucky and forces tempo there, that's coaching malpractice because, <laughs> I mean, you've got to make Kentucky execute in the half court and you've got to make them you know, go up against, you know, big bodies in the paint and make them finish through contact and stuff, doing stuff that, you know, opens up the court and, you know, you know, allows them to, you know, go to the rim without having to go through defenses. I mean, that you're, you're, you're self-sabotaging if you do that. Yeah, we saw that early in the year when LSU played at Kentucky and Will Wade went to the full court press, which upped the tempo, obviously. I think Wade's thinking was Kentucky, you know, had a tendency to turn the ball over. We'll make them turn it over in the in the backcourt. We'll get some easy baskets. But instead, it opened up the floor in Kentucky. That was one of Kentucky's better games of the year. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Kentucky wants the faster uh, tempo. Um, as we record this, the uh, uh, Tennessee defeated Florida, so all the SEC games are done. We have the seedings for the uh, tournament, which starts Wednesday night in Nashville. Kentucky is the number eight seed. They will play Mississippi State on Thursday. Mississippi State's the nine seed. That game is at twelve o'clock. They've kind of they've done a little bit different than the SEC tournament this year. The first games uh, in the afternoon games on Thursday and Friday start at noon Eastern time, eleven Central time. Uh, what about Kentucky's draw in their seating and their draw in the SEC tournament? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of the teams that are that I would consider the most dangerous are in their bracket. You know, obviously Alabama. I think Arkansas has a good draw because they're away from Tennessee and away from Florida. And, you know, those teams are in the upper with Kentucky. So, you know, I think it's going to be challenging. But when you've had the season Kentucky's had, you know, that's that's what right. you've earned. So you're going to have to, you know, Mississippi State is a team that, you know, they've beaten 15 times in a row. And that sounds like it should be an advantage for Kentucky. But Kentucky is, you know, George, they've beaten Georgia 14 in a row and Ole Miss 11 in a row. And those teams beat them this year. And, you know, Mississippi State is – you know, really anxious to get another crack at them because I'm sure they feel like they should have won the game in Starkville. And you know, that was the Dante Allen game right. where he was so spectacular and Calipari got tossed and Kentucky won it in double overtime. So, you know, I think it's a tough draw, but, you know, I think when you're the eighth seed, that's what you've earned. <laughs> right. Right. You get what you earn. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that game uh, back in Starkville uh, earlier in the year, yeah, Dante Allen had the big game. But as you mentioned, that was a game that went into overtime, could have gone either way. Kentucky ended up pulling out the win. Uh, what about from a tempo standpoint? I mean, Mississippi State plays slower 
they they don't like to get it up and down the floor all that much. Uh, as we just talked about, Kentucky does like to run. Is this going to be a tempo problem for them? I think it. I think you know Ben Howland. You know when I think of Ben Howland, I think of you know kind of walk it up, pound it, you know, slow, you know, really tough defensively, you know, gritty. So, yeah, I think it probably is not the ideal tempo setup. I was looking back at that first game. It was 61-61 at the end of regulation. So, you know, it was played at the, the it was played at the tempo that favored Mississippi State. Right. Right. Uh, okay, let's say they beat Mississippi State, then they get Alabama again. Can this team beat Alabama? You know, obviously, you know, that's probably not the way to pick, but I, I think they would have a chance. I mean, just based off the game at Tuscaloosa, I thought Kentucky defended Alabama really well. You know, they got inside the the, the, the last four minutes, with, I believe, with the lead. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think they would have a chance. I mean, obviously, Alabama is in contention for a number one seed, possibly. So, you know, that's, the, that's you know, the, that's probably the team to pick. But I think Kentucky would have more than a puncher's chance. I think they'd have some chance. Right. Yeah. Everybody, you know, obviously the game in Lexington, uh, Alabama won that, you know, by 20 points, 85-65. The game in Tuscaloosa was a much, much more competitive, uh, a much more competitive game. Uh, the fact that they played them a couple of times uh, where some teams they only played once, uh, Texas A&M, Kentucky didn't play at all, uh, I would think should help Kentucky. I mean, it's hard to beat anybody three times, uh, and I know this is nowhere near the type of team Kentucky normally has. Uh, but as you mentioned, Alabama, they're playing for a number one. They could, you know, they're playing for a high NCAA tournament seed. Uh, it would be an interesting matchup to see him play third, but you're right. Kentucky, I'm looking back at my play-by-play. Kentucky led the game in Tuscaloosa. Kentucky was up 54-52 with 4.27 to go. Then Alabama went on. Alabama outscored them 18-5 to the rest of the way. It's been well-documented, Kentucky's problems inside the last four minutes, but it's not like Kentucky can't play with them. You know, they haven't been able to stay with them. I, I think they proved in that game they can play with them. Um, they just have you know, just not able to pull out the win. You know, my theory of Kentucky entering this tournament is that they need the first game to go down to the wire and be a game that they actually have to execute to pull out, and they do. And if they do that, then Calipari might be able to convince them just psychologically that they've turned the corner and all of a sudden, you know, confidence builds. Um, My thing, though, the reason, you know, that – I'm skeptical of the UK is I don't think their problems late in games. You know, I have people tweeting at me, Oh, they choked again. I don't think they're choking. I just don't think they have, I just don't think they have the tools to, to close yeah. out games. No, I agree. I think part, uh, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's choking involved. I think, and we've talked about this before. I mean, uh, one of the big weaknesses on this team is not having a, a, a good point guard. And I think that really shows up at the end of games. Yeah, they don't have anybody, point guard or otherwise, who can put the ball on the floor and either get by his man and create a shot or get by or or draw the defense and create for somebody else. And then the other thing they lack, they don't have people who can finish through contact. They're not physically strong enough. So when you lack those two things, you know, they're pretty much completely reliant on Davion Mintz hitting jump shots. He's the only guy that's really shown the knack for hitting big shots under game-deciding pressure, and they don't have anything else. Right. Right. Now, yesterday, Cal tweaked the starting lineup. He's put Mintz at the point. He started Jacob Toppin. Uh, Devin Askew instead came off the bench. Uh, what seemed to work yesterday, what do you think of that lineup? And do you think he'll stick with that down in Nashville? 
I kind of think he will. And I, I mean, when you've had the season they've had, I don't see any reason not to try something else. <laughs> I do think, I, I think, you know, I, I've been in the school that, you know, ask you, you know, taking more blame than he deserves just because the, the spot he's been put in. I do think when you reduce his minutes, I think a lot of his mistakes come when, when he's fatigued, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking at the first game with Mississippi state. He actually played well there. He had 11 points, four rebounds and seven assists. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think reducing his minutes are probably good. Maybe it takes a little pressure off him. And I think Jacob Toppin is a really good player. Now, obviously, you know, we've talked about, they don't have, you know, many people who can create off the dribble. Well, they've got one fewer with, you know, that lineup. Right. Right. That's true. But they do have Cal made the point after the game yesterday. And I think this is a valid point with when they start topping, they're a pretty long team when you with Isaiah, Saar and Toppin uh, and even with B.J. Boston, who, you you know, kind of forget, uh, you know, he's six, 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 seven. Um, So I I like the lineup. I like bringing Askew off the bench. I like and I like Toppin in the starting line. He didn't score much yesterday, but I think he did a good job defensively. You know, I think I think uh, Lawson for South Carolina is a good player, and they did a good job on him him yesterday. Of course, South Carolina doesn't have much besides Lawson. But, yeah, I fully expect Cal to stick with that lineup. But that'll be his tweak, you know, going into the going into the tournament uh, that he uh, unveiled on the last uh, – veiled <laughs> in the last game. Uh, okay, so, I mean, this team hasn't won more than three in a row all season. It, do you give it any chance of winning four in a row in Nashville? I do not give it much chance. I, I mean, I think there's. I, I mean, I think there's. I, mean, I think there's a slight chance. I yeah. mean, they are Kentucky, and I think there is some talent there. And if they, you know, like I said, if they could, you know, just win a couple and get their confidence, then I think they become dangerous. But I think I. I just think even if they get it going, I just think the inability, the the difficulty they have closing out games, I think will bite them in the tournament at some point. Yeah, I don't, I don't give them much chance. Uh, I will say this: if they do beat Alabama in the second game, then you know I think maybe then all bets are off. Then it might be they, as you mentioned, if they could have the confidence after that game and the, uh, prove to themselves, hey, we we might actually be able to pull this off. Who knows? They got to they got to hit shots. I mean, they got to make they've got to hit some threes. If you look at the games that they played well and had a chance Arkansas has won 11 games in a row they're the hottest SEC games in a row they're the hottest team coming in Kentucky almost beat them at home but they shot they lost that game but they shot really well from three in that game and they got to do something like that and whether this team is capable of doing that over four games I'm skeptical of that um Okay, let's move on to Moorhead, a team that did put a run together. Of course, they've had a really good year all year and then proved that they were the real deal uh, down in uh, Evansville by taking the OVC tournament. They beat Belmont handily last night in the OVC finals. Uh, Congratulations to Preston Spradlin and the Eagles. They've just had an unbelievable season and uh, and uh, and proved that they are definitely worthy. And they, they could give somebody problems in the first round of the NCAA tournament, don't you think? Yeah, I am. Um, I watched a lot of them this year on ESPN Plus in the pandemic. I gave in and invested heavily in technology <laughs> so I can, you know, satellite radio, you know, you advanced, wow. stream, advanced streaming. So, wow. so what that meant is I watched a whole lot of state college basketball <laughs> and, and, and they're, 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 I really admire that team. I mean, it is a tough minded resilient team i mean i would watch them in games where you know they they weren't playing well and and they would they just find a way to win and then you know those those, their last two games in nashville in the obc tournament that was a tremendous game with eku a back and forth 
game of ebb and flows and 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 you know they made the plays to pull it out and then they just i mean they 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 just whacked belmont i mean that game was in double digits for almost the entire second half yeah and i you know i watched uh uh, I, when I turned it on, I was busy doing something else. I turned it on. I saw the towards the end of the first half, and then I thought, I have them. Okay, Belmont's going to make a run in the second half, and you know this will this could be a down to the wire game. Uh, you know, I, I thought Moorhead's a really good team, but I thought Belmont's a really good team too. And you know, surely this will end up being closer, and it never did. <laughs> it, every time that Belmont, even when Belmont would make a couple of shot, a couple of shots, Moorhead would come right back at him. Talk about that Moorhead Eastern game. We, we shout out to Eastern. Too, they had a really fine year. Yeah, that was a tremendous game on uh, Friday in the semifinals, uh, uh, and Morehead, as you mentioned, able to pull that out. And then Belmont, you know, they uh, and you know just proved uh, that they were the much the much better team on Saturday. Yeah, Belmont when they finally did make a little run, you know, in like the last three minutes, right. they were down twenty, and you know, an eight zero run just made meant you were down twelve. Right. I mean, Morehead. I mean, what you know, I go back to the first game of the year when Kentucky beat Moorhead 81 45. I was sure that night that one of those teams was going to be in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I just had the wrong team. Right, right. And obviously, the broom kid for Moorhead, a freshman, uh, played really well. It's uh, had a fine season, MVP of the OVC tournament. Uh, he's going to be a matchup problem for somebody in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, he is. Um, he's a. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Moorhead has kind of an interesting tradition of finding sort of hidden gem big men. I mean, people will remember Kenneth Fareed, but you can go back to Bob McCann. And, right. And, and while he wasn't a post player, you know, Brett Roberts was a big mm-hmm. you know, 6'10 guy who could really play. And and, and and I don't know that Janiah Broom may not end up being, you know, I hesitate to say this because Kenneth Fareed was so good. But, you know, I think he's just scratching the surface mm-hmm. in Broom, and he's already really good. Right. Right. So congratulations to the Eagles. It'll be fun to watch them in the uh, NCAA tournament. And Mark, you mentioned your uh, your uh, uh, your investment in technology during the pandemic. Uh, you were telling me before we started, you, you've watched a lot of, uh, uh, you said watch a lot of in-state basketball, a lot of really good freshmen in the state this year. Talk about that. Yeah, there were well, there are f- three freshmen playing for state colleges that just had tremendous years. And we mentioned Janiah Broom, who was the OVC freshman of the year. But you know, Wendell Green, the Eastern Kentucky point guard, you know, he could have easily have won that award himself. He had that caliber year, and he was tremendous in that EKU Moorhead game. I think he had twenty nine, and just you know made play after play. And Moorhead, you know, seemed to have that game under control and he almost all but single-handedly brought EKU back and the other guy who's just had a tremendous year is Marquez Warwick the former uh, Henry Clay star for Darren Horn at Northern Kentucky and he's the Horizon League freshman of the year and you know he's hit I mean he's made some plays that just make your jaw drop I was watching them I think it was against Milwaukee and he um he, he he spun into the lane did a step back jumper and just swished it and I'm, I'm like man you know that that was that was a huge a huge big time play, and you know I thought when he at Henry Clay he was being under recruited, and I I never could figure out why. Maybe because he was so thin, but yeah, I mean he's he he looks like an absolute steal. So you know those three in particular I think are you know really high level freshmen at at at, at schools you know that are somewhat outside the, uh, the the brightest of the lines. So now what Northern Kentucky, uh, the Horizon League, they were a little different in their tournament, right? They Don't they play pick up and play again here this week? 
the semifinals are Monday uh, in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Damn, they the Horizon had that wild first night where all the games right. were buzzer beaters or went into you know multiple overtimes and White State, the number one seed, got upset. So this thing is is open and NKU, which has won this tournament three out of the last four years, they they may have another shot at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew they played the yeah the odd that they play the first round and then they because uh, they played those at campus sites, right? And then right. moved on to the semifinals, yeah, on Monday. Uh, since we've talked about the other teams, let's talk about Louisville, which lost yesterday to Virginia at home. Uh, they had a game earlier in the week against Virginia Tech that was canceled because of COVID. I think it was the second time this year that Louisville had flown uh, to play a road game, arrived in the city where they were supposed to play and find out that, oh, there is no game. There, there's a COVID issue. Happened earlier in the year with Syracuse and now with Virginia Tech. Uh, the ACC tournament this week. What do you think about Louisville? Are they already in, or do they need to win a couple of games in the ACC tournament to get in the NCAA tournament? You know, I think uh, if, if I were them, I would not feel real comfortable without at least winning the first game. Yeah. Um, Joe Lenardi, I think, has them as one of the last four buys, which, you know, that's that's a little bit in the field, but I don't think it's securely in the field, especially if you start having, you know, kind of bid-stealing upsets start right. happening. You know, I almost think that them losing that game at Virginia Tech, although I know they beat Tech earlier, was, was probably a break because I'm not sure they were going to win that game. And um, I listened to the Virginia game yesterday, just uh, – and, you know, they – um. They have a hard time with Virginia, right? For whatever reason, part mostly because Virginia's good. Yeah, but but you know they um you know Carlick Jones did not shoot it well, and you know they're going to have a hard time beating good teams when he doesn't play well. Yeah, no, I, I watched that game. Virginia, uh, you know they with Florida State uh, getting upset yesterday by Notre Dame. Uh, Virginia won the comp- won the regular season conference by beating Louisville. They did a great job on Carlick Jones. They doubled him a lot, especially when Jones – Jones has been so good off the drive all year, and they, they really cut that off. They really gave him problems, and Louisville really didn't have anything else to go to uh, after Carlick got shut down. But like you said, Virginia's a really good team. To me, the losing the Virginia Tech or not being able to play the Virginia Tech game was – uh, you know, I, I don't. You can look at it half glass, you know, full, half full, half empty. If they go to Virginia Tech and they win, that's a you know they swept Virginia Tech of the year. To me, that almost puts them in the tournament. But if they lose and then you lose to Virginia, like you mentioned, going into the ACC tournament, you don't feel comfortable if you lose that first game. And I think the way the bracket set up, there's a chance that they would play Duke in the first game. Uh, I think Duke has to play a game before that. Uh, but uh, and Duke got drilled last night by North Carolina. I watched that game as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting with these conference tournaments, you know, in the time of COVID, but a lot of these teams are, you know, they're going to have to win a game or two in the conference tournament because there's a lot, uh, after the, the first couple of tiers of teams, there's going to be a lot of scrambling for those last few spots. Yeah. And there's just so much uncertainty because right. teams have played, you know, uneven schedules. Exactly. You've had, t- you have teams coming into tournaments, you know, off long pauses or having, you know, played one game or two games after a long pause. So, you know, an unpredictable, you know, uh, process anyway, which right. the conference tournament is or conference tournaments are, I think they're even more unpredictable this year. Right. Uh, anything else uh, that we wanted to hit on? 
Well, this does not directly relate to Kentucky necessarily, but Virginia's the best program in the ACC now, aren't they? Yes, they are. Haven't they won the league three of the last four years or three of the last five, something like that? Yeah, it's something ridiculous. And, you know, Carolina and Duke both are subject to kind of down years. And Tony Bennett, he just doesn't have down years. No, he doesn't. No. And, you know, as they pointed out yesterday, since there was no tournament last year, you can technically say Virginia's the reigning national champ. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I thought after – I mean, that team was such a veteran team that won it in 2019. You thought it would take two or three years for them to come back again. And they had a good year last year, and here they are ACC champs uh, again again this year. So, uh, yeah, Tony Bennett, he's just a tremendous – they just don't beat themselves. They're so fundamentally sound, play such good defense. I know some people complain about, you know, slow tempo – I love to watch Virginia play just because I think they know how to play the game and they're just different. Uh, watching them play, I think, is is fun just because they play a different style. Uh, but, of course, what we're going to be interested in is the style of play starting uh, Wednesday night down in Nashville. Uh, Kentucky plays on Thursday. It's a noon game. They're the number eight seed. They play Mississippi State, which is the number nine seed. Uh, that game will be on the SEC Network. We will have plenty of coverage on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Arrow Leader uh, leading up to the game. Be sure and follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story. Read all of its coverage on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald. And as always, thanks for being on the podcast, Mark. Thanks, John. Okay, my thanks to Mark Story, as always, for being on the podcast. Be sure and follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story. And when we come back, you'll hear John Calipari's press conference after Kentucky's win over South Carolina on Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Jerry Tipton, we'll start with you. Well, John, what did you think of uh, Davion's uh, shooting display early in the second half? Uh, how hot was he in your eyes? Um, I don't know if you saw us in the huddle where he drove by me and then pulled up and shot one. And I, I told them a story in the huddle. I said, in 1995, uh, we're playing Xavier in Xavier in the, in the, uh, the hockey arena, whatever that building was called. And Edgar Padilla, we fought the whole game, and Xavier had us. And we come flying down, and he runs by me, Edgar Padilla. And I said, don't you shoot it. Don't you shoot it. He shot it and made it, and we won the game. Uh, Davion ran by me, and I didn't say that. I just said, easy now, easy, easy, bang, he made it. So I told him the story in there. and um, But now I'm happy for him. I thought, you know, guys played better. Um, I'm liking the fact that we went against zone and now you, you hear me the whole game swing it because they're, it's not what they do naturally. Every one of them gets the ball and holds it. And so we're having to encourage them pass it. How about this ball fake? You, you don't have to pass and swing. You can pat, get, grab it, ball fake, and then throw the other way, pass fake, throw the other way, or just get rid of it. Or how about this one? Shoot it or catch it and drive it. You cannot catch it and hold and start pointing and, you know, or look to the post, look to the post, look to the post, look to the post. You can't play that way against the zone. And so we we got better. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we made some shots, but again, we had 17 assists and some of the turns we had, we, you know, were in, in the last five, six minutes of the game. So, um, the press didn't hurt us. I mean, it was, uh, we, we rebounded better in the second half than we did in the first. And it's a good send off for us. I got to play Lance. I got to play Dante. And again, I mean, what, what, Poor Dante, and I love the kid. He and I have talked individually, but there was so much on him that, you know, he's the, you know, let him go shoot every ball. And, you know, and, and, and these kids, they're, they're, you know, they know, you know, who they are, what they are, what they can do. And, and anytime you're trying to have a kid do more than he is, it's just, it's not fair to the kids. And so what, what I said today, and, and, and I told him, I'm playing you. I don't care if you miss shots, make them, shoot the ball. We're in practice encouraging him to shoot um, because there may be a game coming up where he needs to go in and bang a couple threes because we're dying right now. And we needed him. And I wanted to play Cam. Cam did fine. Got a little bit winded. And then the other thing is normally we're in games like this throughout the year where I can play Zan more and I can play Riley more and Brennan and Kareem. And this is like the first chance they got to play last game of the regular season. And so, um, you know, now it's, um, you know, day off and two days to get ready to, you know, try to, um, you know, play in a tournament that we've had success in. I wish it was a full house because we'd have 17,000 fans there. My hope is our fans figure out a way of getting in anyway, sneak in, jump through windows, do whatever, have your mask on so they don't know it's you. Get in there. Larry Voth and Daryl. John, what do you think this kind of win can do for your team's confidence? And was the team we saw today the team you thought we were going to see all year? Well, you know, the last two games, you had a chance to win both of those games. And if we had done that and smacked that, you, we'd all be saying, like, wow. And so I keep coming back to when you're in this boat, and it's hard for young kids – you have to take the approach that, all right, how would I feel if we won those two games? What, where would my mindset be? Because that's where it's got to be. You have to have that kind of confidence. Um, that and, and the biggest thing, again, it, it, I wanted them to make a run, and they did. They made a couple runs, they got it, and then we spread it out. We made shots. Uh, somebody asked me last night, well, who do you go to? when you want to stop the bleeding, who do you go to when you need a game winner? It is game to game. To game. In Tennessee, Davion spread the game out for us. This game, he spread the game out for us. And then Isaiah rebounded and went crazy on the backboard and, you know, didn't give them second and third chances. Daryl and Kyle. Yeah, John, you were talking yesterday about having to have the mentality of being zero and zero heading into postseason. How hard is that, that amnesia? What's the key to pulling something like that off? Because even when you have great years, you still have to convince your team everybody's zero and zero, one loss, and you go home. Yeah, we're just – it's one game. And in our first game, I'm, I'm hearing it's, it could be one of four or five teams. And that first game is going to be ridiculously hard, but good. It'll be hard for that other team too. I'm not thinking they're looking forward to seeing, seeing my team, especially coming off this kind of game. But – um, you know, it's one game, four times, one game, 
We're not, we're going to probably play the first game. No, we're not even going to know who our game is until four. And so it's one game. And then you go. Carl Tucker, then John Clay. Yeah, Cal, I just, I wonder, as you've watched BJ kind of go ride the roller coaster this season and a kid, you talk about somebody had a lot on him. I mean, he, he put some of it on himself when he came out and publicly said, I want to be the best player ever. That's a lot to say for a kid. And, and obviously that's been mocked some since then, but to come in with that kind of expectation to be the superstar and, and go through all he's gone through. Is it hard to do what he just did today on the back end of it to still be in it enough to, to be, to perform let me, like let me that? Let me tell you why I stick with him. Every day I look in that gym, whether it's after practice, whether it's morning, he's in there like some of the better players. Here's the issue for him. It's not mentally, it's physically. He's physically not able to do what his mind is telling him to do. And I'm trying to get him to make the easiest plays, catch and shoots, one dribble pull-ups. If you get to the rim, try to get fouled because it's not anything mental. It is more physical. And that, you know, it's, it holds him back a little bit at this point. But he's never lost the fight. He's never – this stuff has been hard for him. And it's also eye-opening to know as an individual player, man, physically, I'm, this thing is – I'm not where I need to be physically. And so, you know, we've had other guys – it was like Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly walked in my office and said – Coach, I know you said this would be hard. This after his freshman year, this is way harder than I thought, and I didn't have a good year. But I'm coming back, and you watch. No one will outwork me. Those are the guys that should come back. That mentality, P.J. Washington, that mentality. I'm not coming back to do showtime. I'm not coming back to say, hey, this is my team. I am coming back because I'm going to get better and I can accept that I didn't play the way I needed to play. And this is way harder than I thought. Are you hoping then that BJ is a guy who's willing to say that to you? Well, I, you know, again, every kid had, I'll spend three minutes with each of these kids. I don't spend that much time on this. I'm not trying to, you know, I like when kids go through the process because the teams aren't going to lie to them. They're going to tell them the truth. Um, going through the process is good. So, you know, whether it's any of these guys, um, you know, they, you, you can't be delusional because if you are, it'll catch you. You have to be real and you can't blame anybody for your performance. You own it. And then you say, here's what I can do and how I can get better. But like right now, I'm not worried about that and neither of these guys. They're worried about taking a day, having a couple practices, and let's get ready for a tournament one game at a time, one game, four different days. John Clay and then John Hamill, we'll see where we're at. John, you mentioned Cameron Fletcher got some clock today. What, how's he been doing? How's his attitude and how's he been doing in practice? You know, um, I'm so proud. And I brought it up four or five different times to the team. How's his attitude, guys? And they all clap. He's been positive, upbeat. It has been a total transformation when I had to tell him you need to take some time. Total. Because he knew you're not doing that. Where we were after the North Carolina game with attitudes and where we are now, 
I just wish we had the summer and fall. And I know I make it a good day so that we could work on the habits and have kids understand how you respond, how when there's something around you, the thing that you own is your response to it. And, you know, but he's been he's been fabulous. And I told him, I want to get you in. I want to I want you to play. So he was good. Lance was terrific today. You saw him go in and fight. Um, you know, he grabbed the ball from uh, um, uh, the different guys. And, and that's who he is. You know, he missed a, a basket or two. But that look, we need the guys that will go in and fight. Devin was better. You know, I think, uh, you know, putting his minutes down a little bit made him fresher and make better decisions. So, John, I'm going ahead. And, and Jacob, we just, you leave him off. But what he does defensively, his length on the court, we're really long now. You get a point guard and one guy's six eight, one guy's six seven, one guy's six nine or ten, and the other guy's seven foot. We're really long. Go ahead, John. Hale, with the players in here. Cal, your, your teams have had so much success at the SEC tournament, but the one year you did have to win it to get into the NCAA, it didn't go as well. So, in reality, how do you communicate that one game at a time mentality to get guys to actually buy into that when they know the stakes? Well, we talk. We talk to the team. Um, and there was other years, the, the year we had the five freshmen play, if we'd have lost in the first round, they would have, they made us an eight to seed and we went to the final game. So that you're not accurate in what you're saying there, but it's been every team I've coached at the other two schools too. We were in the same position that when you look back, we have gone through the war and we have been scarred but it prepares us. Every game we play ends up being a two-bucket game right down to the stretch. And we're fighting with every team. And you know what? That's what prepares you. Now, you're better off winning because you'll have a little different attitude, but that only comes into play if they make a run at us. I got to convince them in those huddles to stay the course, to stop the bleeding, to make the easiest plays. Someone make a basket or two. We're fine. That'll be my job. But you know what? They are prepared just like all the other teams here. I think we've been in the finals in the last 10 years a bunch. And you know what? They went through the same wars that this team went through. The only difference is about four of them or five of them that we could have won, those teams won. We happen to drop, and everybody says, what happens the last three minutes, and they make a run, and you falter, da 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 Well, part of that is starting one and six. Hard to build confidence when you're one and six. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Thanks, as always, to Mark Story. Follow him on Twitter at Mark C. Story. Check him out online at Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. And remember, you can get a digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You can get a sports-only digital subscription, the Sports Pass subscription. You get all of our U.K. basketball, football coverage. You get our U.K. recruiting coverage with Ben Roberts. I did a uh, uh, podcast with Ben earlier in the week. Check that out, Ben. We talked a lot about the future of Kentucky basketball about recruiting where John Calipari might be going as far as what he's looking for in the future. Uh, So be sure and check that out, but you can get a sports only digital subscription to Kentucky.com $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Click on the pin tweet at the top of the Twitter feed. That'll take you right to where you can sign up for the sports pass sports only 
subscription to Kentucky.com, $30 for the first year. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. I appreciate everybody who listens to these podcasts, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Subscribe, leave a rating and a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That just helps get the word out there. We appreciate everybody who listens to podcasts. We're going to have plenty more coming up here in the postseason with the SEC tournament uh, going on this week. So be sure and look for those as well. Once again, thanks to Mark's story. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll be talking to you again soon.